You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in This is the TSR pop where all we do is win It's just football fiends on a mission Delivering opinions of my significance Man, I hope you've been listening Cause scouting is the business You're welcome cause it's a privilege Most people in this position just don't give it away, no so all that's left to say now is welcome to the show Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go It's officially NFL Draft Week, everyone, and Bo and myself are super excited. On Thursday night, we will have all the answers we have been looking for. We will be doing our second round mock draft on this episode. If you missed the first round mock draft, go listen to last week's episode because it was awesome. We had a lot of fun doing it, and you can get caught up on what Bo and myself were predicting to happen in the first round. With all of that being said, let's get this started with some quick news. First news is, Bo, there is officially... COVID-19 cases in the NFL. Uh, Von Miller has it. Not good. Um, Miller is the second known NFL player to test positive for the virus, with the first being Rams center Brian Allen. Um, And Miller seems to be doing just fine, and he's said to be resting at home during this time. Um, This bothers me. Obviously, it bothers me for the player's health. And, you know, you hope that they're going to be all right. But it bothers me because, you know, no one yet in the NFL even had the virus. And they were already talking about shortening the season. And I think now that they they have cases in the NFL, I feel like it's even more of a chance that happens now. Would you agree with that or am I just probably taking that a little far? No, I agree. I mean, it's 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 definitely a concern. I mean, you can't you can't think that that these players are when they're hearing people are getting this or getting COVID or their coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you can't think that they're going to want to go into a locker room with 50 other guys and participate in things. I mean, you just, you think they're going to be thinking about their families and their health first. So it's a big concern in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, what I think to a lot is how in the NBA, you know, Rudy Gobert had it or Ruby Gobert had it first. And, you know, then Donovan Mitchell got it. And it just shows how quickly that spreads. I mean, imagine how quickly that spreads in a locker room. I mean, oh these guys God. are together constantly, you know. Like wildfire. <laughs> like wildfire. I mean, I would I would almost say a locker room with ath- athletes is one of the best places a virus could spread. Uh, For sure. So, obviously, it's going to be an issue, you know, and, and hopefully, hopefully, um, I'm, I'm not going to say it's unlikely, but I, I feel like it kind of is unlikely that um, – that anyone else gets it because you know I, I hope that Miller found out right when he found out he didn't have contact with any other players or um, people in the organization. Well, hopefully, I, if he was doing the social distancing, he didn't have contact exactly, with anyone except exactly. his family. So, so, and that, that's another thing with the social distancing is is you know it, it's the whole thing is to not get other people sick. So, hopefully, he was doing what, what he was asked and what all of us have been at. I mean, imagine if he was training with like. With with uh, what's Bradley Chubb or whatever his name that's is. That's what. Yeah, that's something that. And imagine I, if that was happening. That's are scary. these guys training together? You know, secretly. I don't know. Could they be? I don't know. Well, I've but seen, we've seen videos of guys doing workouts together. They're they out there. The videos are out there. So we'll we'll have to see. I just wanted to tell you guys. You know, it is in the NFL now, and you know, um, Brian Allen is is just as 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 in as a important a person as Von Miller is. But uh, obviously, Von Miller's name is a bigger name in the NFL world. And, you know, for him to have it, and he said that he, there was a possibility they were going to keep it on low, actually. They weren't going to talk about him having it. And he said he wanted the news to come out because That's good, he, because wa- I mean, it is his choice. I mean, he could have just yeah. medically been like, no. 
Well, the reason he said he wanted to come out was because he wanted other people who have gotten diagnosed with it to understand that he's human too. Like we're yeah. all in this together, which I, I really think that's awesome. Um, but yeah, guys, just quick update on the COVID-19 situation. It has uh, made its mark now in the NFL. Um, moving on though, some other quick news real quick. The Jaguars are open to trading for net, Bo. That came out Saturday. And let, let, let's talk about it a little bit. The Jaguars Jaguars came out Saturday, like I just said, and said they have had trade discussions involving Leonard Fournette. Um, Fournette had a good year last year with almost 1,700 yards from scrimmage, and also he had 76 receptions, which if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, was the most receptions of anybody on the um, Jaguars team last year. Yeah, um, how many again? 76. Wow, that's more than I would have expected. Um, he's 25 years old. For a career, he's had four yards per carry, 19 touchdowns, and 36 in 36 career games. What would you trade for Leonard Fournette, Bo? Uh, I wouldn't trade more than a third round draft pick. Would you trade for Leonard Fournette? No. Okay. But it just saying- it, it depends on your need and like what you have to offer. But I mean, the Dolphins have all all the picks in the world to offer, and I, I wouldn't trade for them if I was the Dolphins. Where could you see him being a good fit? Uh, the running back's just one of those things now. It's, uh, I mean, and I hate to say it, but I mean, like, Pittsburgh loves his style of running back, you know, and that's just, I'm trying to look at that from a, you know, from his, like an unbiased standpoint there. I, I wouldn't want him there, but I mean, he fits the, the, the mold that they like. Um, I mean, I could see him becoming a depth guy if the price tag gets low enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, keep an eye on this. This is a team that I was thinking about earlier, and I, I didn't really know. Um, I that they don't have the, you know, they they don't, they're lacking a first round pick. Um, but I, I don't know if they. So since they're lacking a first round pick, I don't know if they're going to want to trade any other picks. But I was thinking about the Colts as a landing spot. What about Marlon Mack? I mean, okay, well, he, Marlon he's been, Mack's there, but I mean, I could Marlon say Mack's the same coming thing. off a pretty good season. Okay, well, I could say Philip Lindsay's coming off a big, uh, pretty good season, but David Melvin Gordon is now. Uh, you know what I mean? So, true. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter at this point. Like that, they, they love having stables now in the, in the NFL. Stables yeah. are running backs. I mean, yeah. they didn't need Melvin Gordon in Denver. Yeah. You have like I, said, I, could, I could definitely see him being being put into like a depth a position to be you know in a depth role, be a number two or just a one two punch where it could happen at any moment, kinda like they do in New England. Do you think I don't think he would go to a team to be a number two? New England wouldn't be a bad fit for him, honestly. I mean, but okay, you talk about I could a stable. Using like a LeGarrette I mean, Blunt. You've got um you have Sony Michelle, who they they spent a first round pick on and James White. Yeah. I don't see how he would I don't know. It'd just be LeGarrette Blunt 2.0. I bet he'd score 14 touchdowns. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how many touchdowns Leonard Fournette would have? I mean, I think it'd be a great fit there. He, Belichick would, would sit there with that little grin on his face every time he ran it in. He would. That's something interesting to think about. We'll see. Uh, but a couple of executives have come out and said that, you know, Leonard Fournette's name could be in a lot of talks during the draft for an in-draft trade. So we'll see, man. Like, like you said, I'm probably not trading for Leonard Fournette, especially after seeing that the running back position is just not as important as it used to be. Do you agree with the third-round price tag that I said? It wouldn't give up a second or a first for Leonard Fournette. With all, wouldn't do it. With so all, so here's all, the deal. His miles. I, I want to say fourth round. I want to say fourth round, but it almost feels like I'm being disrespectful. 
But I mean, you don't but the have to be is, disrespectful. It's, it's about the, valuing how you want to value that the position. The reason I would go fourth round, a fourth rounder for Leonard Fournette, is because of his injury issues too. And, and we've always heard too that this guy is has um not always gotten along with people in the front office and coaches. That's been an issue too. So I don't know if I'm giving up a third for him. I'd probably give up a fourth. Yeah, I yeah I like that. I like that valuation better. <laughs> um. But anyways, guys, we're now about to jump into the second round mock draft, the TSR second round mock draft. Um, Bo and me have been working on this, and we're going to tell you how this is going to go one more time. So Bo is going to tell you the guys that he would pick for each team that he thinks fits best and and is the guy that they should take. I'm going to have my own list. So I have not heard Bo's list yet. So we're going to see if Bo surprises me a little bit. He normally always does, and we'll see if I surprise Bo some. But anyways, Bo, uh, let's jump into this mock draft real quick for the second round. Um, now, Bo, do you want me to start it off, or do you want to go? First? Last time, I, I like that we did last time. You can start it, and I'll just follow in with mine. All right, sounds good, sounds good. All right, guys, so at the 33rd overall pick, the Bengals select linebacker Zach Bond. Um, Zach Bond, so linebacker is a major issue for the Bengals. And you're hearing this from a Bengals fan, but any fan knows that the Bengals have a very poor linebacking, linebacker core. Um, so, the, like I said, the two biggest weaknesses were quarterback and linebacker. So that's why I have them addressing these needs very early. Obviously, they take Burrow in the first round. Now you're taking linebacker. But, you know, after not being able to grab Kenneth Murray or Isaiah Simmons, they still land a good consolation prize here. Um, Zach Baum was a stud for Wisconsin. Uh, he had 76 tackles, 19 and a half tackles for a loss. Also showed he can rush the passer with 12 and a half sacks last year. Um, he ran into issues. This is something I want to talk about. He ran into issues with his drug test being diluted at the combine. Um, I don't see it as a major issue. Now, it could lead to him dropping. But I think the need here for Cincinnati is too big. Obviously, Cincinnati is used to having, um, I guess, troubled players. We'll say that. Troubled players <laughs> on their team. So um, I don't see it as a major issue. Plus, he's come out and said that some other things contributed to that. So um, we'll see. But I think Cincinnati gets a guy that they could put beside second-year linebacker Jermaine Pratt out of NC State. And uh, it's two guys they're happy with moving forward. I like that pick. I like that pick. I have Cincinnati the 33rd overall pick taking an offensive tackle. Cincinnati's offensive line has also been a kind of revolving door like their linebacking core. It is another position is another the whole I mean the whole line could probably use depth, but I mean with what happened with Jonah Williams last year, uh you bring in a guy like Ezra Cleveland to sit, you can either sit in behind him, you can move Jonah Williams around. And Ezra Cleveland could, could be the best pure pass blocker in this in this uh, tackle class, and this is so it's a pretty deep tackle class. There's a lot of good talent in this. There's a lot of guys that could go higher than they are this year, I think. And I think Cleveland needs Ezra Cleveland needs a little work on his run game, getting his hands on guys, especially uh, bigger guys that he's stretching out for. Um, but when he gets that under control, maybe after a year or two, some good coaching, I could see him being a real good player. I really like that pick. I like Cleveland a lot. Well, I mean, you know, you're taking Burrow. You need you need protection. You gotta you need have depth. protection. You gotta have. You, it's like you, you build an O line, then get me a quarterback. But in being, in Cincinnati's case, they don't have that luxury. Yeah, they don't. So I I like that. I had um I had the Bengals, you know, addressing um 
the offensive line later on in the draft. Like you say, it's a deep class, man. There's a lot of talent. And like you said, too, if it wasn't for some of the guys in this draft class, Cleveland is is probably a lock for the first round. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. He probably oh, yeah, yeah, is. For sure. For sure. So, you know, that just goes to show, I mean, it goes to show how good Cleveland is, and he's not even in the first round. It's not the best conference he played in, but it's holding – it's holding a starting job for multiple years at a program like Boise State where there is competition. I agree, man. I, I like the pick. I, I'll be happy if that happens. I'll be happy yeah. if that happens. I wouldn't I, be I upset really, at all. I wouldn't really be will be. Um, guys, 34th overall is the Indianapolis Colts. I have them addressing wide receiver and taking Brandon Ayuk um, from Arizona State. Um, so quarter, quarterback could definitely be in play here, but the need for wide receiver is big too. Um, they still have Brissett on the roster as well. So uh, I, I see them kind of passing on quarterback with this pick. Um, they they need to get a receiving threat opposite of T.Y. Hilton for Rivers to pass the ball to. Ayuk uh, is a top 10 wide receiver in this draft class. Um, he displays excellent footwork, excellent body control. Um, it allows him to make difficult catches. He excels at route running, and he has good speed. He has good speed. He can be a vertical threat, and he has a uh, great get off off the line scrimmage. So I, I like the uh, Colts getting Ayuk here. <clears throat> I love that pick. You're and uh, you're going to see why I love that pick later down the road. Um, and I have uh, for number thirty four, the Colts take in cornerback from Alabama, Trayvon Diggs. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is probably if you put all these guys out, you know, in a lab and just tested them for freakish athletic ability, Trayvon Diggs could be the most athletic corner in this class. He has all the the skill sets you could ask for a guy like that. He can run with anybody. He's got good hips, good footwork. Uh, he can play down in the run game. Uh, he just he just might need a little coaching at the NFL level. I don't think he saw a huge uh, like a big variety of routes in college. It isn't a huge route tree that they're that he's seeing every week. Uh, I think he might struggle a little bit when he gets to the NFL. He's going to be asked to do a lot of things, a lot more things than he did at Alabama. In Alabama, he had a lot of talent around him. He could be put in a singular role and just say, "Take on your man, be the better athlete." Uh, you're not going to be able to do that in the NFL, but in a year or two, you could have one of, the, one of the best corners in that division. I like it. I like Trayvon Diggs a lot. Obviously, I had him go in, I think, at 19 overall in yeah. uh, the first round. So I, I like Trayvon Diggs a lot. Like you said, man, he's a physical freak. He's a specimen. Yeah. And he, he's, he, he excels with his physicality. He, he helps out and run support, sticky in coverage. So I like that a lot. And obviously, cornerback is a need for the Colts. Yeah, um, absolutely. The, the Quincy Wilson, I was really high on Quincy Wilson. I'm almost in, not embarrassed to say it. He, he's been all right, but um, he just hasn't panned out the way that they thought he would. And they, and they need a, a I mean, corner. and that's okay. It's okay to to turn around and address that. We're seeing yeah, that. Yeah. We're seeing that a lot more these days. Where if it doesn't work out after you know you see it one year, just go ahead and get it the next. I mean, after watching the Cardinals address um, a quarterback in the top ten two years in a row. Anything, anything is all right to do now. Oh, you I think we're going to, and I still think we're going to see something like that this year. Okay. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, Thursday night, all of our questions will be answered. Unfortunately, I'll be at work, but hey, you can update me about it. Yeah. Um, 35th overall, the Detroit Lions. I have them addressing the defensive line here and getting Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma. Um, I have the Lions going defense again here early in the second round. The D-line has not been a steady strong point for the Lions, and they need to add more talent up front. Um, Gallimore is an uber-talented player, and it's extremely agile for his size. When you watch this guy on film, he moves a lot quicker than you would expect him to. And even though he doesn't fill up the stat sheet, 
he's really, really disruptive. It's not all about stats. It really is not. Um, so I have the Lions adding another talented player to this defense. And I pretty much have the Lions in my mock draft, they've been able to address all of their top needs. They got a cornerback in Okuda in the first round, an edge rusher in Caleb Von Chason in the first round, and now they get an interior defensive lineman in Neville Gallimore. I like that pick a lot. I really do. Um, and I think I got, I think, believe I got him going uh, not too far from this. Uh, but, well, I have for the Detroit Lions, I have offensive tackle Josh Jones. I think we saw what happens. Uh, last year when Matthew Stafford is on the ground and hurt. Uh, the Lions are not very good. And the Lions lost two starters on their offensive line going into this year, so they're going to need some depth. So I got Josh Jones coming out of Houston. And I, I think he's he's – he isn't very good in space. Uh, if you, he's going to take on an athletic uh, edge rusher with with good moves, maybe a, a good spin or something like a Von Miller, he would definitely struggle out of the gate. Uh, but he still has a lot of potential. Um, he's a pretty good run blocker. But if you get him, if especially you, they have Jesse James, they can get Jesse James to chip and give him some help and get him not put him on an island by himself. Uh, he can have a lot of success. Um, out of the gate as a rookie if he plays because they just lost Ricky Wagner their tackle, so they're going to need yeah. a tackle. I like that pick, man. I, I, I'm a big fan of Josh Jones. I had him going 29th overall to the Titans in the first round. And, and again, man, it just shows you how talented this tackle class is. Like, like a, Josh Jones Josh Jones is a first-round guy without some of the other names in that first round. Just like Cleveland. Just like Cleveland. It's a really, really deep tackle class. But, hey, it's good for these teams that are that are tackle needy. Uh, it, it's also it's it's that's, not as that's deep. almost every team in the NFL too. By the way, it is it really is it is a really big need right now league wide for tackles. So so it's a it's a really good good time for this tackle class to come in, um, guys. Thirty six overall, the New York Giants. I have them taking offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia. Ugh, had to burp there. Sorry, guys. Um, so Dave Gettleman. <laughs> He got a stud in the first round with Isaiah Simmons. Um, now it's time to go offense. As I said during the last episode, Gettleman loves the big guys up front, and he likes to invest in them in the draft. Um, and they do not. They just don't. Bo, you know this. They don't get any bigger than Isaiah Wilson. They, nope, do, they do not, not. get any bigger. He is six foot seven, three 350 pounds, and uh, he's just a physical specimen. You want this guy. This guy needs to be the first guy off the bus. 100 percent um or at least you wanted to be uh he mainly Make played white tech. just go up for the going toss that's what i'm saying like go up there at least i mean he would immediately intimidate any players uh from the opposing team i mean th- he's ma- he's massive the guy is huge intimidate's um, a strong word but he might make them think twice oh yeah hey intimidate's probably a strong I'm talking you're, crap yeah you're right um but Wilson, he played mainly right tackle in college, but uh, he can be experimented with at left tackle. I think Gettleman sees the size plus the potential here, and he just doesn't pass it up. So Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackler of the Giants for me at 36. I got the same pick, man. Um, I, it seems like I got three tackles already off this board, but I uh, promise the rest of the round doesn't go that way. But these these three teams, in my opinion, really need them. Uh, the, the Giants, like you said, the, the right tackle spot, is completely open there. Uh, Isaiah Wilson is enormous. He's, I would say, I guess the best right tackle in the class. I mean, if you're talking about right tackles, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I would say he's the best one in the class. He's a he's a bruiser in the run game. They need that, Saquon Barkley. Uh, you can work with him in the pass game. But like you said, 
if they had to, if they could move things around, if their depth at right tackle is better than left, you could move him over and then start the other guy at right. Um, and th- that's a big deal in the NFL. I have a pick later on in this round that might be a bit of a reach for some people, but I believe it's because he can plug and play at about three different positions on the offensive line. It's a huge deal. Well, Isaiah Wilson for me at 36, you guys will see, is is he starts the run on offensive linemen here for me. So, y'all, y'all uh, pay attention to the next couple of picks. Um, 37th overall for the Chargers. I have them taking Austin Jackson, also getting a tackle out of USC. Um, the, the hype train lands him here. The hype train lands for Austin both Jackson. both in tackle land. Yeah, really, really. They, 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 he, it, the hype lands him with the Chargers early in the second round. Uh, they drafted the quarterback in the first for me, so now it's time to go get the guy to protect him. Jackson played left tackle for USC. He has a lot of potential. On film, you see a guy that has all of the athleticism you want, but he needs refinement in his technique. He really does. Um, if he can be more consistent as a player at the next level, Herbert won't have much to worry about on the left side. The Chargers, for me, take the project guy just for the potential here it's 37th overall i like that i like that a lot they're definitely going to need it if they're going to take their franchise qb um and i kind of went i went to help herbert but i went to help herbert in a different way uh, i got t higgins coming out of clemson oh, i know man. they have keenan allen and i know they have mike williams but i think we've seen mike williams ceiling um mike williams is a number two receiver i don't think he's ever going to be a clear-cut number one you're never going to be able to offload a keenan allen contract and and keep mike williams as your one in my opinion i think you are seeing what he is t higgins is a big play guy there's a lot of potential uh he's was i think a 4-4-40 am i right yeah 4-4 i mean and he's he's bigger than he looks on film uh he can make he's gonna make a lot of plays as a yak guy I mean, I mean, definitely going to be a downfield huge catch radius. Huge yeah, catch I mean, radius. So, I like the Chargers to get him. Uh, the Chargers love their weapons. That offense has been they they've they have neglected the offensive line in the past and and brought in tons of weapons. And I think they're going to keep loading up with weapons. So I like T Higgins to go to the Chargers. I think it'd be a great fit. I like it, man. I like T Higgins to the Chargers. Bringing I'm him in that, bringing him in that wide receiver room with oh Hunter Henry my. too as a tight end. I mean, just bringing him in that system to work it in. Eckler I like in it. Back, Eckler in the backfield. I mean, how yeah. many guys can you possibly ask for to pass the ball? To? I think that's the way the Chargers have been running that team. <laughs> it, it has. That, that's how for a long time it's been run. Just get as many weapons possible. Yeah, and they've always been a top offensive to producer. It may not have always turned around to wins, but they've always been a top offensive producer, and I well, think that's why I kind of went this route. I think the Chargers have always been one of the worst, the, the teams with the worst luck with injuries. They always have a star-studded roster, but everyone's never healthy. It never pans out that way. Um, so so I like the pick there, man. I, I, that would absolutely help Herbert uh, 100%. Um, 38th overall, the Carolina Panthers. I have them addressing the interior offensive line um, with Lloyd Cushenberry, um, a guard from LSU. Uh, the Panthers addressed the defensive line in the first round for me, and now they're addressing the offensive line. Um, now, they just signed their new starting quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. They just paid CMC the big bucks. And now the Panthers have to make sure these guys have the blockers that they need. Um, Cushenberry was a vital part of the LSU offensive line last year when they won the national championship. Um, and he's a very talented player. This is Let's throw in the fact of this. Carolina's new offensive coordinator was the offensive coordinator for LSU last year, Joe Brady. 
Yeah. Okay, so so you you already the number one need left on the Carolina Panthers board for me after addressing defensive line mm-hmm. is they need interior offensive line help. You're telling me you can get this guy and pair and pair him with his his last year's offensive coordinator and he already knows the scheme. Come on, man, go ahead and give him yeah. to me. Lloyd Cushenberry to the Panthers at 38. <clears throat> I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I mean, it makes a whole lot of sense. I don't. You're definitely on your offensive line run right now. I'm going to tell you what. And I like it a lot. I mean, I went basically, I think, three out of four tackles out of the gate. Um, so, let's see. Where we are, Panthers. All right. I have, for number 38, I pull up my Google Docs. Uh, number 38, the Carolina Panthers, I have Jalen Johnson, cornerback to Utah. Uh, the corner, I think the Carolina Panthers have depth needs at corner. Uh, Jalen Johnson is fits the modern corner build. Uh, he's big. He's athletic. He has good hips for his size, which is – which is not an easy thing to have for a guy as big as him uh, the corner position. He's a, he's kind of a project, but you know, I think he has the potential to be by his second year to be a big time starter for them. Uh, they definitely need it. And so I got him going at number 38. I like that, man. I'm a big, I'm a big Jalen Johnson fan, man. I, I really, really am. I think he's a really talented guy. It's kind of the same thing with corner. corner he's sticky. It, he's sticky on tape, man. He is sticky on tape, and it's it's another thing with corner in this draft. Just like the tackles, it's a deep corner class. Jalen Johnson's name would probably be a little bit higher had some of these guys not come out in this year's draft. So um, I, I do like the pick, and cornerback is absolutely a need for Carolina. Um, 39th overall for me, the Miami Dolphins select Ezra Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dolphins Con- took a quarterback. Wait, what were you saying? I said continue that offensive line run. I think this is where it ends. I don't know. I don't want to give anything away. Um, the Dolphins took a quarterback and running back in the first round, just like I mentioned on the Panthers pick. You have have to have guys up front to protect and open holds for those guys. Um, Cleveland stock has started to rise ever since the combine, and it gets him selected early in the second round in my mock. If he can get better with his technique and keep the same mobility at the next level, the Dolphins will find out he was worth the selection. So it's Ezra Cleveland – um, tackle out of Boise State to the Dolphins at 39. I like that a lot. I mean, <clears throat> I had him going this round too. I think I think he's he's gonna be destined for the early second round. I think that's I think that's where his where his landing spot's gonna be for sure. Um, and I have Miami taking number 39, DeAndre Swift, running back out of Georgia, to go along with that offense they're building around. What I have them building around Tua. Uh, so I know you're gonna like that pick. Uh, I think I think bringing him in with Tua, it it reminds me a lot of of just Dak and Zeke coming up as young players together. Oh you man, know? don't you even get I mean? started on that. Don't get me that excited, man. I mean, I just I just feel like like it's a tandem that it's like you it's like Jerry Jones knows he's got to pay these guys and keep them together. Yeah. And I think if they get both those guys in there and they get the right guys to protect Tua. You're looking at guys that could come up together and could get paid together, and you could see the next decade of the Miami Dolphins right there. And so another got... thing, another thing with that. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, you're good. You're good. I wasn't saying anything. Another another thing is Jordan Howard isn't the answer. I know they just paid him ten million, but he isn't the answer. That is, no. he's just not the answer. And, and like you said, just getting Tua and Swift in there together and letting them grow yeah. together. That's yeah. Huge. You can you can still have Jordan a guy like Jordan Howard and bring in. Swift to to learn and and to take that spot still. Is Swift is that your first running back drafted? Second round, thirty nine overall. I believe it is. Okay, I didn't know if you had a guy going the first round. I didn't think you did. I don't. Um, 
So, so bro, I'm about to um, at number forty. I'm about to give you my I think one of my favorite fits in the draft, guys. Fortieth um, overall is the Houston Texans. I have them selecting AJ Epinesa. Um, so Epinesa, let's start with him. He was once seen as a first round lock, and Epinesa has seen himself fall a little bit in my mock and in a lot of other mocks. Um, but but he lands in a great situation in Houston. The Texans need some help up front after losing Clowney and Watt is getting older and dealing with more injuries. Um, Epines is a is a hand in the ground power rusher, and he will fit just fine in the Texans base three four defense. Um, this guy is super talented. He's an awesome uh, awesome get for a team that is looking for exactly what he brings to the table. Um, so I, I I love the value here. Like I said, Epinesa for a long time was a first round lock and you get this guy um at 40 40th overall and I'm and he's shocked exactly you had him you... going that far i think i had him going higher than that yeah hey, i'm a, i'm an epinesa fan man but i think he lands in a great situation here i can just see him um on that houston texans defense i like that a lot i like that I, and i got the texans bolster in their defense as well i got them taking cornerback jeff gladney out of tcu so you got the texas boy staying home uh, and uh, glad he's super athletic. Uh, he's got quick feet. He's good going backwards. Uh, his hips, good hips in transition. Uh, at the line of scrimmage, he's pretty good. In the NFL, that's huge. You got to be able to play the press. That's something that a lot of colleges you don't see guys getting a lot of practice at that. But uh, he in his in their conference, he lined up well against those receivers and played well in press. So I like that a lot. Um, his only problem is going to be his size. He's not the biggest guy out there, and you're not going to see a lot of big tackles come from him when the run game gets outside. But you're still going to have a corner making plays because pretty much all they got there is, I believe, Bradley Roby. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. Uh, the, and I think that, like, Vernon Hargraves. And that, I mean, that's not, that's not exactly depth. You know, I can't even think of the other guys. I think they take Lonnie Johnson from uh, Kentucky last yeah, year. Yeah, Lonnie Johnson is there. Who was just he was taken more based off length. Yeah, um, just kind of a, a crazy physical standpoint. Than yeah, and see, this else. is more. This would be more of a ball skill pick. I believe. Yeah. I believe. Oh, definitely. Laddie is definitely. more of a more of a hips and ball skills guy more than just like a than a specimen type player. So I think I got Gladney going and and helping that secondary out. So either either I'm going to be extremely wrong with my first round or Bo is going to be extremely wrong with his because a lot of the guys I had going in the first round, Bo has going in the second round. So I can't wait to see uh, which one of us get this right. It's a little bit the, flipped. We're always kind of on the opposite ends. Yeah, we always are, which, hey, that, that makes great podcast uh, content. Yeah. So um, that, that'll keep people excited. But I think it's podcast. also in this, it says something about this, these guys in this draft class is that the top – 75 to 100 guys are virtually in some many years be interchangeable they could be oh absolutely absolutely i think i think these guys it's just these guys are so talented like and, and when you have deep classes like the cornerback class the tackle class the wide receiver class these guys are interchangeable a lot of times with their, their rankings so that's what leads to me and Bo having them being taken in different rounds or having them in different spots in our rankings. But I think that makes it a lot more fun for listeners and uh, to, to, just in talking to people because everybody has a different opinion on the uh, the guys in general. But um, anyways, guys, before I start rambling, because I could feel it <laughs> happening, um, 41st overall for me is the Cleveland Browns. I have them addressing safety and taking Grant Delpit. Um, and this was interesting for me, Bo, because Xavier McKinney was still on my board. 
And I still got them um, taking Grant Delpit over him. Uh, Grant Delpit, he's another guy who at one point was seen as a lock to be taken in the first round. Uh, Delpit had a statistical and a technical regression this past season after turning heads his sophomore season. Um, just like Ep- the Epinesa pick, this is a great value for the Browns. I believe, like I said, this guy was at one time seen as a first-rounder. Um, he's a versatile player that is comfortable in man and zone coverage, and it helps that the Browns drafted his former LSU teammate greedy williams is in the second round of last year's draft as well so grant delpit for me to the browns to help out the safety need yeah i think we both got we both had think had delpit slide more than i think than i've seen him on some mocks on the internet so um and i had for cleveland i had them taking joshua uch uh from i think it's how you say his name from michigan outside i'll be honest i think it's uche uche uh, it's hard for I, the I names, man. They kill me. You know, I'm the worst to pronounce. I think stuff. Uche is right. I, I just, I'm terrible with these. With some of these, some of these names are so hard to say. Um, but, but Cleveland's just got outside linebacker depth needs. Uh, it's kind of been one, a bunch of one year deals in and out. Uh, they kind of hit on Mac Wilson last year at the inside linebacker from Alabama. Uh, they need some people to play next to him and and Uche or Uche. Uh, Sideline to sideline player, sets the edge well. Uh, he can get out in coverage. I like him a lot coming out of Michigan. Um, and, and another guy probably last year when I had him going a little higher than 41. Um, so I, I really like him coming out of Michigan. I like it. I like the pick, man. I like that we're going different directions. I like hearing why you have your guys um, going where you have them. So this well, I mean, is a lot it. of mine is like – In the know, first round, man, we were we were pretty similar. It was almost just like – a couple picks off. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, you had guys in one pit, one place. I had them in another, but they're still in the first round. Yeah. Um, but I like the pick, man. Like you said, uh, linebacker is, is something that, Cle- that Cleveland needs to. They hit on Mac Wilson last year. At least it looks like so far. Um, but I'll, I'll, always you need – linebacker still a very important position, man. Uche – Again, I could be saying that completely wrong, but I, I think I'm saying it right. Um, is a very talented player coming out of it Michigan. Shows, it shows the need nowadays for guys to be able to run and get to the ball quickly, sideline to sideline. You know, just just that you got to have that that quick step, that speed. And if you don't, you're you're not going anywhere fast in the NFL today. I'll tell you that. No, no you're really not. You you you. If you want to be a starter caliber player, you've got to be versatile and quick. Yeah. It, Scheme versatile. How about that? Scheme versatile. And quick. If you if you see a lot of the guys who make who are mid round linebackers that make rosters, a lot of the times you're gonna look back at their scouting reports and you're gonna see that they struggle to get off blocks because of their size. Yeah. But you're also gonna see in their positives in their scouting report that they fly to the football and they're always around it and they're always making plays. So some you just gotta wait for them to learn how they get around blocks at the NFL level and then, I mean, then it's home free. To bring that up, let, let's look at some of the last. Okay, Isaiah Wilson. I mean, Isaiah Wilson. Isaiah Simmons. This guy ran a four three nine forty. At six, what five? Or was it? Is it six five six three two fifty? Or is he six five two fifty? I just had a mind part, but I, I can't six, remember. Five. I think he's six five two. But they saw that speed. Linebacker. He's versatile. Can plug and play anywhere. That's huge. Let's talk about Roquan Smith with the uh, Chicago Bears. What was his best quality? He was a great tackler, and he had sideline side to sideline speed. Made him yeah. a top 10 pick, right? Let's look at Devin Bush. What does he do well? Sideline side to sideline. Sideline side, side to sideline. Great tackler. Yeah. That's what Shazier was great for. That's what Shazier was great for. First round pick. I mean, that, that's really what – okay, what's Luke Keekley? Sideline to sideline. Yep. 
was Bobby but Wagner. See, Luke Keekley never struggled taking on blockers, though. No, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah. Roquan Smith has, has struggled with that. Devin Bush struggles with struggled. it here and there, but but I think it's, I think it, Devin Bush hasn't struggled once, as much as Roquan has. It's once they get their hands on them, it's all downhill. And I think I, mean, I think that he's going to struggle with that a little bit. But I mean, that, that's something they can learn. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, guys, forty second overall, I had the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, selecting this is going to be a uh, just hear me out, Bo, but this may surprise you a little bit. At with the 42nd overall pick, I have the Jaguars selecting running back Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. Um, now this may be out of left field to some of the listeners, but I promise I have my reasons. Like we said at the beginning of the podcast, recent news suggests that the Jaguars are looking to move on from Leonard Fournette. They were reportedly open to trading the former first rounder. If this has any truth to it, then the Jaguars must address running back in the draft. Um, they addressed the offensive line early last year and in 2017. Um, they're looking to move forward with Minshew at quarterback and have a solid have solid young options at wide receiver. Now, they did just release Marquise Lee, um, but they still have options at wide receiver, and I think they can address that later on if they want to address that position. But if they are actually looking to move on from Leonard Fournette, Jonathan Taylor – well, I'm saying any running back, but I predict it to be Jonathan Taylor. Running back has to be addressed, and I have them taking Jonathan Taylor here for me. I like that pick a lot. Uh, I'm going. I'm going a little bit different route. Uh, you might be surprised here by this one. I think this is going to be one that you might not see coming. Uh, I have Jacksonville taking quarterback Jacob Eason uh, out of the class. Yeah, Ooh, is right. Is right. Yeah, this is a little bit of a. This is a little bit of a. This is a little bit of a bow pick here. I don't think I don't know if it's going to happen, but Jacksonville is planning on starting Gardner Minshew, from what we know, right? Unless they sign Jameis Winston out of nowhere, is that that's that's the that's their plan, wouldn't you say? Moving forward, the plan is to move on with Minshew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Minshew's going to need a backup. Okay, Minshew's yeah, and, and I mean, I think Jacob Easton could be the guy. He's got the biggest arm in this class. When you, I mean, I would say biggest, the strongest arm. He can throw it the furthest, the fastest. In this yeah. class, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. I would he say is the, just, he's the most freakish arm talent in the in the, the class. Yeah, and I think I mean that could give him the potential to throw a ton of picks in the NFL, but you never know. He could end up being, you know, this freaking big band gunslinger. You never know either. And yeah, it's, right. not, it's not gonna hurt. Picks, but it didn't matter. Yeah, it's exactly Big Ben throws a ton of picks. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it doesn't matter. It's it's in the NFL, if you still can throw touchdowns, you're gonna get a job. And I mean I think they they need a plan B. Minshew is 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 good. He's something to work with, but I don't think that you can run around acting like he's your sure bet for the future. You need to have another another guy in place, whether you're developing him to be the starter or just because you need depth. Jacob Eason could be that guy. I think he could he could end up taking that job. You never know. I think that he would have the potential to end up taking that job. Not first year, because I think Jacob Easton is a little bit of a project, but he definitely has more just God-given talent than Minshew does. I mean, 100%. Yeah. Jacob Easton, his arm strength is freakish. It's way um, more. He's the Josh Allen of this year's draft class. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that assessment. And, and I think Jacksonville needs to have a plan B in place at quarterback. Now, he's not... Josh Allen in the, in the terms of mobility. Let me just say that it, it's it's by arm talent is what I'm saying that by. 
Um, yeah, but I, I like the pick, man. I, I could see the Jaguars being like, "Yeah, we like Minshew, but let's get let's get some backup in there." Let, I could let's... see the Jags just maybe not with Easton, but in this in this cl- you know draft, some point taking a quarterback. I don't know where, but I could see it. So I don't have this happening, obviously, because I've already said my Jags pick. But I could see the Jags going Hurts. Yeah, definitely. Could, they could I, they could I take Hurts at that same spot. Yeah, happen. they really could. They really could. I think that'd be that'd be earlier than I would expect. Actually, that that'd be yeah, that'd be earlier than I would expect it. Not, I mean, it's not. But, uh, I see Hertz is more of a third round, but yeah. you're right. You're right. But um, like any either way, I, I like to pick here with Easton. Like I said, they're they're saying they want to move forward with Minshew. That's fine and everything. But I think they they want to have a guy in there like that they can groom a little bit, sit yeah. for a year. If they think if Jacob I'm Eason, the Jaguars, I need – I want another guy in there too. And, and they haven't really said how they like Minshew. They just said, you know, they wanted to be a starter. Okay, that's fine. But, you know, do they like this guy as a solid bridge quarterback? Do they like this guy as a franchise quarterback? They don't really – you know, it, it's it's different ways you can like a quarterback. So they could see Jacob Eason and be like, this is a guy we can get in here, get him to sit for one year, let Minshew win us some games. And then uh, Jacob Eason come out the next season. So, so you never know, man. But I, I like the pick. I think Jacob Eason, if you're going to reach on any quarterback after the first round, Jacob Eason is one of the top guys that, that is worth doing it for because of the, the God-given, God-given talent this Especially guy has. Especially if you know you're going to reach for him and him not have to start day one. Oh, absolutely. If you can just work with Jacob Eason a little bit, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's, that's a guy you definitely could – room into something special um guys 43rd overall i have the bears having their first pick of the draft and i have them taking xavier mckinney the safety safety out of alabama um the bears have to wait until 43rd overall to make the first selection but they get a steal i think this is a steal um because xavier mckinney a lot of people see him as a first round safety um or, or one of the top, top safeties how about that one of the top safeties on the board i have him being my second um safety being selected but um the bears need help at all offensive line but there isn't really a lineman left on the board right now worth reaching for um they also have a need at safety and mckinney falls all the way into their laps mckinney is a baller uh with first round talent in my opinion he's a versatile defender that has plug and play ability and i think mckinney immediately helps an, an already talented bears defense I like it a lot and uh i have uh, Chicago taking KJ Hamler from Penn State. Uh, Chicago needs weapons. They're going to be trying to figure it out with two different quarterbacks this year. Uh, I think they're going to need options. Um, KJ Hamler is a yak monster. He can burn you over the top. His best attribute is his speed, in my opinion. Um, he's a pretty good route runner, but his biggest concern is going to be his fumbles. Uh, he's had some fumbles at Penn State that's concerned. You, I believe that you can teach people how to hold on to the football. It's all about that person taking to that teaching. You can you can coach up how not to fumble. It's just a matter if he takes to it. And I think we've seen burners in the past where they risk that fumble for the big play ability. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And so, and I think he could free up space for guys like Anthony Miller, who's an ascending player, to make a lot of plays. And that that wide receiving core it needs. It needs another dynamic playmaker. It really does, and especially because their backfield is young, and they need if they, if they're going to have that backfield gets you know have success next year, they need these receivers to hit. I like it, man. 
I like that a lot. Um, I, I'm a really big fan. I, I think there's a lot of potential in the Bears receiving core, especially especially if you ha- add in Hamler. I mean, my guy. I mean, he is. It's a great time to be a slot receiver in the draft. Oh, Let's yeah. just put it that way, because slot is a very important position now, a lot more important than it used to be back in the day in the league. And you know, I'm a big fan of Anthony Miller, the guy they drafted two years ago. Um, they have Allen Robinson, who I don't care what anyone says, is a legitimate um, go-to guy in the league. And then you add Hamler into that. I mean, come on, man. And, and then, you know, you've got the new rookie running back coming in. Um, um, he'll be a second-year guy. David Montgomery. I mean, that's huge. you got Nick Foles now. I mean, God, this, and this guy's got plenty of options. And now yeah, you got Jimmy I, Graham as well. You, you're just trying to, yeah. yeah, you're trying to figure it out between – yeah, they let Trey Bird walk. they got Jimmy Graham and – you're trying to figure it out between two different quarterbacks. And the best way to have a battle like that going on where we could see, you know, one week you'd see we could see one guy, the next week another guy. In a mid game, we could see a shift. Best way to to counteract that is have a lot of guys on the field that can make plays and not get out of sync. You need a lot of capable players out there. I mean, Hamler's one of them, man. Yeah. He makes plays. Um, like you said there, he does need to address the fumbling issues, but I, I think he I know, think you coachable. can teach that. It's just it's Will he will he take that coaching? Will he learn from his mistakes? It was, well, they're gonna find out, man. And obviously we'll see if it if it translates. But I do like the pick. Um forty fourth overall, guys, the Indianapolis Colts again. So hear me out. I was talking earlier, said that they weren't gonna address quarterback because of Brissett still being on the roster. Well, that's not enough here at the forty fourth overall pick. I have them selecting Jacob Eason, the quarterback out of Washington. Um so the Colts Colts have a couple of needs that need to be addressed. Tight end is one after losing to Ebron, but they still have Doyle. Interior offensive line is one, but it wouldn't be good value to reach here. They need they needed help on the defensive line, and they got it through the trade with DeForest Buckner. They also just signed a 39-year-old quarterback in Phillip Rivers, and they assigned him to a one-year deal. They also have a the second-string quarterback is Jacob Brissett, who the, whose contract they're trying to offload right now. So they're not happy. They're, they're not set up for the long term at quarterback right so so the need for quarterback is real and it is a position worth reaching for if you can reach for the right guy i talked highly about jacob eason when when um burgess made his pick with him okay i think eason is a guy worth reaching for because of the talent he has uh, um eason has all the physical talent in the world but he hasn't put it all together yet letting him sit behind a veteran like philip rivers for a year would be extremely be- beneficial to him i think the potential and the need he here is too much for the Colts to pass up. So I have Jacob Easton going to the Colts at 44th overall. Oh, yeah, not far off when I had him. I think he's going to go in this round somewhere. Um, and I have 44th overall. I told you earlier in the round when you took uh, number 34, you took Brandon Ayuk to the Colts. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, so at 44, I have the Colts getting Brandon Ayuk. <clears throat> I love Arizona it. State. I love it, dude. He's such a yeah. good fit with them, is he not? Yeah, he is. He is. He really is. And I, you know, one of the reasons you, if you, if you, a lot of everybody heard the, you named all the, you know, things. The yak monster, super fast, good route runner. A lot of people have him graded first round. I've seen plenty of mocks where he's snuck in there to like Tampa Bay and some weird teams. Um, but I think one of the best things about Brandon Ayuk is that he's coming out of Herm Edwards' program. Yeah, I like He's, that too. I mean, I mean, it's he—he he has had NFL caliber coaching. 
Um, I, I, I really believe in, I, you know, I believe in, and we're not talking about running backs or right, this running back at this moment, but I believe in, you know, Benjamin too, because he's coming out of that program, uh, running the running back, you know, you know, and I think that there's just, there's a, there's high character coming out of that locker room. You're getting a lot of guys who are willing to buy in and work hard and Indianapolis Colts have always had, it's almost like a culture they have up there. Their players have always been big buy-in guys. And I, I, I so I like Brandon Ayuk to the Colts right here. I like it, man. Obviously, I like it. I had him going earlier. Um, but I People will probably think I'm crazy because I had Hamler going in with Hayuk, but I just was kind of going with fit here. I mean, I, I like the fit. I, I think Hamler's a good fit with the Bears. I think Ayuk, obviously, is a great fit with the Colts. I mean, you're going around fit, but you're also going around what you think is going to happen. You know, me and Bo are making predictions here, basically. Um, and I'm going to make that a little bit fun here uh, at the end of the draft. Bo doesn't know about it yet, but we're going to have have a little competition um anyways guys 45th overall the buccaneers the buccaneers just got tom brady bro that's the big news right yeah. well let's get somebody in there that can help tom brady out a whole lot i have the, the buccaneers selecting running back jk dobbins out of ohio state who bo knows extremely well after writing the scouting report on this guy um the buccaneers selected ronald jones two years ago in the second round that experiment hasn't turned out great uh, with brady coming in it's time to invest in the running back position again and get a more talented slash versatile option i'd say um, yep. dobbins carried the load for ohio state this past year and he put on an absolute show in the college football playoff uh dobbins is a complete ball carrier that has the vision and playmaking ability to make things easier on brady um after drafting Worfs in the first round of my of my mock draft, the Buccaneers get their future running back, J.K. Dobbins. I love the pick. I'm going running back as well. Um, I'm, but I'm taking uh, Jonathan Taylor here from Wisconsin. I'd really like that, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if yeah. Jonathan Taylor was already gone, I'd probably have him going Bucks. honestly. Yeah, I mean, I know his receiving abilities aren't exactly the biggest thing in the world, but at the same time, uh, Brady's going to be in a slightly different offense, and I think that's not going to be as is a is a huge deal as it was in New England. And I think that they're going to try and hand it off more. And you need a stable running back if you're going to do that. You need a guy that gets better the more you hand it to him. You need a workhorse. Mm-hmm. And I think Jonathan Taylor, with every carry that you give him, in the game, going up to the 20, 20, 25 carries. It's, it's, he's a guy you're going to have to work in the first three, four years and get it and, and get the mileage while you can because he got ran a lot at Wisconsin. So I don't know how many years you're going to get out of him, but you're not going to get many years out of Tom Brady either. So get Jonathan Taylor in there, hand him the rock, pick up those tough yards, and help Brady. I like the uh... – the reasoning behind getting a, a running back with a lot of wear and tears because your quarterback has a lot of wear and tear too. That's well, I mean, kind of funny. You got to think about it. I mean, the, the, the bucks and, or I had them going with Jordan love. And I mean, you're going to, you're going to be turning things around eventually get, I mean, even so you got Brady for two years, you'll have Jonathan Taylor past two years, help usher in the next guy with Jonathan Taylor and then keep redraft the depth. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like the reasoning actually makes, a little bit of sense. That's what's kind of scary to me. I like the uh, the whole thing with the damage. You, okay, you got damage already. We well, don't pay for anything new. Let's just get some more damage goods. Let's just. I mean, uh, we're, we're already short term at quarterback. Goods, Let's do it. Yeah, I, I'm not. And I'm not trying to call Jonathan Taylor damage goods. This guy is legit. We all saw that at the combine, and, and he's had back to back two thousand thing. Yeah, back to back two thousand yards. He's 
Yeah. Come on, this guy's uber talented. Um, I like the pick. Like I said, I went running back. I went JK. If Jonathan Taylor still went on the board for me, Jonathan Taylor. So I love the pick. Um, 46th overall, guys, the Broncos are selecting here. I have them taking Damon Arnette, the Ohio State cornerback who played opposite of Jeffrey Okuda. Um, So hear me out. The Broncos let Chris Harris Jr. leave town season so there's a massive need at cornerback Arnette is the pick here for a specific reason for me um, there are more talented players at corner left on the board but Arnette is one that has the best chance to start day one um, isn't Arnette isn't raw he's not a raw uh, specimen he's a skilled player that is that is more experienced shows sound technique um, the Broncos basically they need a player that can come in immediately and take care of the need that they have with Arnette you'll have Least growing pains, I, I believe, out of the guys left on the board. Um, so the Broncos go high floor instead of high ceiling with this pick. I like that a lot. I don't. I don't even believe I have him going this round. So I, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm, it was kind of a wild card pick, but I went just because of how bad they need someone to come in and play almost immediately. Well, plus if he didn't have a coot on the team, he could be going higher just because he would have been the star. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he—I like that. He's a lot of potential, um, and I, I think he's going to be, a, if if on mine, he would be in a great third round corner for someone to snag. Oh, absolutely. Because um, I don't believe I have him going this round, but still a great pick. Um, and I have the Denver Broncos taking uh, safety depth because I believe they franchised uh, free safety Justin Simmons. And so I have them taking Xavier McKinney from Alabama, who could play strong safety. And the and I and I, the Denver Broncos cannot bank on this franchise tag coming through for a long term deal. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. The, because the, the whole thing was they needed to lock up Simmons, and they didn't. They, so I mean, that, they that didn't big... lock him up long term. You know. Yeah, yeah. And and that you cannot bank on that. You need to get young players in there. And I believe that almost every safety room in, in the NFL should have three capable guys in there anyway. And that, and the, that defensive backfield is lacking. So and it, at the time when I was mocking this, Xavier and Kenny was the best available player on my board as well. So instead of going cornerback, I thought the better, the better value for where they were picking was this safety and Xavier McKinney. I like it, man. I like it. Xavier McKinney, this guy could be a first round. He's a first round talent at safety. Uh, yeah. I just don't think need what it, safety wasn't a massive need um, or the first need for most teams around the league. So that, that's why that's pretty much why I haven't fallen to the second round. Um, I know you've watched his tape. The guy's just a, a great all around player, uh, plug and play guy, like I said. Um, 47th overall, guys, the Atlanta Falcons. For me, I have them addressing defense again. Um, in the first round, I had them taking cornerback C.J. Henderson out of Florida um, at the with the 47th overall pick. I have them taking Marlon Davidson out of Auburn. Um, the Falcons need help at both edge and the interior defensive line. Here's the good thing, Bo. Davidson has quite possibly the talent to help out in both areas. Um, Davidson was a wrecking ball at outside linebacker for Auburn, but has the frame to play inside the D-line as well. That is very valuable. He could could, Um, play in a lot of different sets in the NFL. That's what I'm saying. That kind of versatility is just... Yeah, that kind of versatility is just what the Falcons need on defense. So, uh, so for me, Davidson is a perfect fit for the Falcons in the second round. So, so there were some talk 
talk, but there were some people saying that, you know, Davidson has had a good year because Derek Brown um, took attention away from him. That is not true. Um, yeah. And a, as I talked with the, the Blitzalytics scouts and, and, you know, when we were having a meeting, it, it was probably almost 50 50. It was probably 50 50% of the time, Davidson was probably taking some attention away from Derek Brown because of how well he was playing. So yeah. Davidson, he is legit. This guy is absolutely legit. Um, you know, it's hard for me to sit here and say that. I'm a Georgia fan. Uh, not not a, not a big Auburn fan, but it, this guy has all the talent. And I think he's a perfect fit for the Atlanta Falcons. I like that. I like that pick a lot. I think in, an, in, a, in another year where the Steelers needed uh, a, a DN, I think he'd be a great fit for them. With the with the wide range of ability he has on the line, um, yeah. and so I say right here is where we're on uh, Atlanta, right? Forty seven. Forty seven. Yep. I have Logan Wilson, inside linebacker uh, from Wyoming, uh, possibly one of the most underrated players in this draft because of where he went to college, um, and he is super athletic. He's good versus the run, and he is really good in coverage. He had four interceptions and seven breakups at inside linebacker as a senior. He's I just a already like this pick because he's it, it, this. I didn't expect this, but this is an awesome pick. So keep going. Yeah, and okay, so he's great. He's great in coverage, and it's all I'm telling you. You would if this guy played at a bit at a bigger school, you'd know his name. Um, he stands out on tape. He's, he's everywhere when you watch Wyoming games, when you go on YouTube and you can type in Logan Wilson versus whatever he's everywhere. And, uh, he, he does it all levels as an inside linebacker. Um, he's going to make someone very happy. I think he reminds me a lot of, uh, what's his, uh, Dion Jones, that his name that they, they got back. Yeah. They reminds me a lot of him. He can do it all. And so, I like this pick there. They definitely need the depth. They need they need it big time. Uh, they defense has been a big time struggle for Atlanta for over the years. I like it. I like the pick, man. Um, I'm pretty sure every time after one of us make makes a pick, the other one says, "I like it a lot," or "I really like it." I'm pretty sure that is the only two phrases me and you have been saying. Um, but well, I have. I'm just like make sure to tell you I hate um, your next pick. Yeah, yeah, not, not what I meant, man, but you could say it if you want to. Uh, 40, 48th overall, the New York Jets. I had them addressing wide receiver. Um, Robbie Anderson just left town, guys. Quincy and Newman's there, but he's running into injury issues, right? Yeah. So I had them taking a guy named Jalen Rager out of TCU. Um, the Jets missed out on wide receiver in the first round for me, but they get a talented one in the second. Rager ran a disappointing, disappointing time at the Combine in Indy, but was clocked at a 4-2 unofficial at his pro day. Um, yes, I understand it was unofficial, but that's fine. You don't miss it by that much, guys. You don't miss it by that much. So this guy was still putting on a show um, as a speed guy at his pro day. Um, Rager has, he, has is, is basically what I would I would call him is a do-it-all burner. Would you be okay with that that description, Bo? It's a good description. I would say he is a do-it-all burner on tape. Um, he's announced to the world that he believes he's the best wide receiver in the class. Um, mm-hmm. The Jets' need for wide receiver is big, and Rager has the talent to step in and help right I'm away. Su- I'm surprised you had him fall on this far. Yeah, but it, it was just more of – like I said, how many? I think I had six wide receivers going in the first round. Yeah. But I just saw, I think, other wide receivers. It was more based off fit than it was, like, who had more talent, yeah. I would say. 
Um, but wh- which direction do you see the Jets going at 48? Okay, though? so I have not far off where you had this guy going, but I have the Jets uh, getting some help on the D-line with Marlon Davidson from Auburn. Um, like you said, he has the versatility. He can play inside and outside. I think the Jets drafted Quentin Williams last year, expected him to really help them uh, get some pass rush from the interior. And I don't think he quite did that for them. I think his first season was a little bit lackluster. Um, I think the Jets as a team were decent against the run, but they were not a great pass rush team. Uh, Marlon Davidson can help them with that. Uh, he's been had 14 sacks over the last two years, I believe. Um, and he he's a playmaker on defense. Like you said, uh, is, people say he's a little bit overshadowed by Derrick Brown, but I, in the SEC, everyone's went if he's fighting a battle against an NFL caliber player. In my opinion, you know what I mean. I you're agree. not you're week to week. You're 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 playing against a guy, you know, who's going to get a chance at the pro level, who's getting looks. Yeah, yeah. They, most most of the time, you're you're more times than not, you are going up against a guy that has. NFL future, exactly, and, and he and he wins. You know what I mean. And he, not only does he have, he I think he had as like eight sacks as a or nine sacks as a junior or something like that. And then he mm-hmm. stepped back a little bit. I had like it's like five or six as a senior, but he came in with with somewhere between seven and nine tackles for a loss to back you know to go along with those sacks. So he's making plays in the backfield on a pretty consistent basis. Yeah, I like to pick, and I'm going to be honest with you, but I think that's my favorite fit I've heard from you so far. Mm, I really like Davidson with the Jets. I think that's huge, man. Like you said, Quentin Williams just didn't pan out last year. We we just didn't see it with Quentin Williams. You know, I'm not saying that's that it was a bust. I'm not saying he's a bust at all, but I'm saying, you know, you've you've got to address address what you still need. If Quentin Williams yeah. hasn't helped out the way that you needed him to, you've got to address what you need. And if it's getting to the past, the uh the um, passer and getting pressure on him, then you got it. You got to go with edge guys. You got to go with maybe other interior defensive linemen. Um, I think this is awesome, not only because of just getting to the pat, the um, quarterback, but it also helps out. You have, you have another edge guy, Jordan Jenkins, who, who, who is pretty much been your, your sack artist on the team and, all the attention's on him. Now you get a guy in there that takes the attention off him. They both help each other. I, and you I can just move him around so much. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, you, like I said, a guy that that excels at outside linebacker, but it has the frame to move onto the interior of the defensive line. I mean that that's rare. I mean, it, I mean, it, to be rare. as talented as he is, I mean, it, it's just. All, I think he's going to have a chip together, on his shoulder too. Yeah, if it all comes together, Marlon Davidson has a really, really uh, high ceiling. He's, I'll just put he, he's stepping out of it. He's stepping out of someone's shadow, and I think he's going to shine. Yeah, I, I like the pick, man. Forty um, ninth overall. Actually, I think this is probably going to be your your favorite pick of the whole draft. Forty um, ninth overall, the Steelers. I have them selecting Ross Blacklock. Oh, um, okay. So I have the Steelers selecting this guy from TCU. Um, they lost Hargrave on the defensive front, which opens yeah. up a large hole. Insert Blacklock there. Blacklock is a stud, and I believe a perfect fit for the Steelers' defense. I could, I can just already see him in the jersey. I, like when I was writing this down, I, I was just like, get this guy in there. He, he's so talented. Um, the Steelers don't have another need big enough, in my opinion, to address in the second round. And Blacklock's talent is just too good to pass up on when you already have a, a kind of a, a void to fill there, and he just falls to your lap. I mean, come on. I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, I had Neville Gallimore going um, to the Lions at the 35th overall pick. Say Blacklock went there. I have Gallimore going 
um, in this spot. If one of those guys are still on the board at the 49th overall, I think the Steelers are going to give that a really hard look. And in this time, I have them take a black lock from TCU. That's an interesting pick. I'm, I'm one. I'm surprised he made it down to 49 for you. I've heard a lot of people, you know, over the years have, have thought that he's going to be a really high pick. That he wouldn't be anywhere. He wouldn't be anywhere near 49 for the Steelers. And so, if he was around, I, I don't. I had him going first round, end of the first round, I believe. If he was, if he was around at 49, I probably would have taken him too. Uh, I'd like to see how he does at the True Nose, um, and because did he line up at True Nose at TCU? I don't believe he, he ever did. I think well, he, he was a he was a. Let me see. I don't actually. I don't know. He he played a lot of one. Well, so um, we yeah we run we run a lot of uh, two man sets anyway, and he'd yeah. be perfect for that. Yeah, I think I think he fits in perfectly, man. I think he's perfect. Yeah. You got scheme, but I like that fit a lot. Yeah, um, and but I, I have them going a different route than you do. Um, not going on the defensive side of the ball. I just don't – I didn't think that there was – there was any anybody around at this point that the Steelers just had to have. At the, you know, they just had to have them today. I mean, there's some good safeties going after this pick, but I believe with Minka Fitzpatrick back there and, and Terrell Edmonds, uh, I think with those two guys, and they can still address it later on down the line. There's still other, you know, good playmakers in the third and fourth round, or fifth round coming up that they could they could still get uh, back end help. Uh, so I got them taking Michael Pittman Jr. from USC. Uh, I, I think he I think he has a lot of the things that the Steelers love. You see that you see the, the things that you see them taking year in and year out with receivers, and then the, you see another thing with his the bloodline. He's got an NFL bloodline. He's and the Steelers, they've got the Watt brothers, the Edmonds brothers. I mean, they're just they're crazy about the whole family relations things. And I I believe when our linebacker Vince Williams, when his brother was a free agent once, we signed his brother Carlos. I mean, that's just something that we like to do. Uh so I like they they're in the bloodline thing. So Michael Pittman fits perfectly. He's good size. He's a leader. He's Juju's teammate in college. There's another thing. So he's got the USC bloodline. I just there's just so many dots and or boxes to get checked off here. You know, dots you fill in that I think the Steelers would just take this kid. I think he's he's got a what is it, it was a high uh high floor. You know what I mean? You you're not he's not gonna be terrible. I don't yeah. think you're going to take Michael Pittman and him him be a bust. I think you're going to get a contributor one way or the other. Oh, absolutely. And, and a big thing with to to again, I, I know I keep harping on this about how deep these position groups are, but there are, there are some rankings where Michael Pittman, and as talented as this guy is, this guy put on an absolute show at the Senior Bowl in Mobile this year, and he's being looked at. He may not even crack the top ten receiver rankings. Yeah. And this guy is a he is a stud. Like Bo said, this guy is a high floor guy that is gonna contribute right away in one sh- in one form or another. He's going to, and, and for him, it just shows you how deep this class is, man. But me and you have talked about Michael Pittman to the Steelers a lot, um, Bo, and, and I know you've always been a fan of Pittman. You just like the way he plays. Um, I just think the him, Steelers love taking wide receivers, man. We we hit on them. You do. Y'all do hit on him. And I'm going to tell you right now, you'll hit on Michael Pittman if you get him. So I, I love the pick. Um, guys, 50th overall, I had the Chicago Bears um, obviously choosing again. Um, I have the Bears addressing the secondary again. Obviously, with the I think it was the 42nd overall pick, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was the Bears taking Xavier Third. McKinney. 43rd, okay. Uh, the Bears taking Xavier McKinney, the safety out of Alabama. 
on this pick, 50th overall, I had the Bears selecting Bryce Hall, cornerback out of UVA. Um, and I think Hall fell a little bit in this draft. Let, let's talk about it. The Bears went secondary, like I said, in the first pick um, in the second round. And they addressed, addressed again here that the time – the time, uh, this time they're adding a talented corner out of the University of Virginia. Bryce Hall would probably be selected earlier in this draft if it wasn't for a nasty ankle injury last season. Um, Hall is a very, very physical um, cornerback that has great tackling technique, really good tackling, tackling technique. That it, it pops off on film. It's the first thing you notice. Um, it, is I just I think he's probably one of the better tacklers um, that plays the corner cornerback position in this uh, class uh, he also has exceptional ball skills the Bears add two great playmakers in Hall and McKinney in the second round of TSR's mock draft I like that dude uh, And but let's see I got for me uh, I don't know how to say his name uh, oh boy Chicago oh Bears. boy I got him next oh man I've been I've been looking at this for a minute trying to figure out how to say this dude's name. <laughs> okay this is Auburn's cornerback uh, uh, Noah Igabin. Okay, let me. I'll, I'll try to help you out. I think it's Ig, Igbino Jane. Janet. Okay, all right. Hold on a minute. Just give me a minute. I think it's Igbino Jane. Igbino Jane. There you go. There you go. Okay. Noah Igbino Jane. Yeah, Noah Igbino Jane uh, is a cornerback from, from Auburn, and we should not be trying to say his name. I don't think you could, if you had to put money on that, we would definitely lose. Uh, but so this guy is the interesting story. He comes into Auburn as a, as a wide receiver, uh, as a freshman and gets flipped a cornerback in 2018. And he also competed as a, I think a triple jumper on the track and field team, uh, for Auburn. So he's just one of these freak athletes and he's still learning the position. Uh, he's probably, I'd say one of the fastest corners in this, you know, it was definitely, I don't know about how the how he ran in the 40, but he's definitely on tape. He's probably the fastest corner out of all these corners. Um, but he's got a lot to learn. I think he's going to get taught some quick lessons when he gets to the NFL. He's going to get, he's not going to get burned and his, his catch up speed is what's going to help him the most, but he's going to get beat in the mental game a good amount when he first gets the league. But if you give some patience, this guy could really pan out. I like it, man. I, I really like that pick. Like I said, I have him going next, so um, that'll kill the surprise for the next pick. Um, but I, I like him, man. L- like you said, well, I, let me. How about that? I'll do the breakdown once I get to him. Fifty-first overall, overall guys. I had the Dallas Cow- Cowboys taking Noah Ebijano. E- 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 oh my God, I'm not say it for me, bro. Ebijane, uh, I don't know. Ebijane, there you go. Ebijane, sure. Okay, all right. I need I've given up. I need I need you to stop at this point. I've given right. up. The Cowboys, they need help <laughs> in the secondary after losing Byron Jones to the Dolphins in free agency. Igbino Jene is raw coming out of Auburn, but he has a ton of potential. Like Bo said, he has a lot to, to, to learn to learn with the fundamentals. That's the biggest thing. Um, but but this guy, he, he's from a physical standpoint, he's not the tallest or the longest guy, but from just a physical standpoint, he, he he's very um let me see, uh, talented, has a lot of God-given uh, physical um, traits. Let's just say that. I mean, um, that's that's all you can describe it when you that, go That's really all I can say. Corner and then you're I, also a track star. I think he will be a possible lockdown corner once he scratches his potential because he hasn't scratched it yet. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I don't think he's even close. So um, I think he he's was worth- winning. I think he won a lot on just his ability, like his athletic yeah, yeah. ability. He, he has to um, – 
he has to uh, rely on the physical ability, which is which is what a lot of raw players do. But I, I think he's worth the slight. He's, also, he's also a return man, I believe. Yeah, he was for a little bit. Um, but I, I think all that put together, just I know he's raw, but with the potential he has and the ceiling he possibly may have, um, I, I think he's worth the slight risk here at 51 for the Cowboys due to the need. Um, I, I like it, man. I, I really like that pick. I, I like it for the Bears or the Cowboys. Now, talking about the Bears, tell me if I'm wrong here, but but I think the Bears have a history of picking cornerbacks with hard names to pronounce. Did they not take Prince Amu Kamara or do you know who I'm talking about? A Prince Amu Kamara, yeah. Yeah, they they took him, right? I believe so. Yeah, I think that I think they Before did. Before he became, didn't he go to the Giants or something like that? Yeah, uh, I think he. I can't remember where yeah. he went, but but I'm pretty sure the uh, Bears drafted him. Um, and, and and Amu Kamara or whatever was the was the he um. He was the exact same way coming out in his draft. He was a raw guy that just had really good physical traits. The Bears will will, will go after guys like that. The Bears like um, the guys who are raw and are more of a project, and they can kind of coach them sculpt, up. Yeah, sculpt these guys into the players they want them to be. So, I think that's a perfect fit for the Bears, um, Bo. And I, you know, I went I went with him going to the Cowboys just because of need um, after losing Byron Jones. Um, but now, Bo, you go ahead with your fifty first overall pick. 51st of Dallas. Uh, this is another one that, for me, kind of like the McKinney Pickles is the best overall player on the board, and they need the secondary help. Um, I believe he's got probably could have the most bust potential out of the safety class, but and I don't like him going downhill, but he's a big playmaker. I got Grant Delpit out of LSU going to Dallas. Okay, I like this. I, oh my god, that's totally a guy I could see in a Dallas uniform. Oh my, yeah. I mean, he just kind of, he just fits that personality, the Cowboys look, and all that. I like that, man. I like that a whole, whole lot. Um, guys, fifty second overall, the Rams. So I here's another guy. This is about where I see this guy falling to. But I think I think he is, his talent may see him. He was worth a little bit um, of a higher pick. So guys, I have the Rams addressing edge and selecting Terrell Lewis, the edge rusher out of Alabama. Um, the Rams need talent at the edge rusher position. Uh, the value is great here. Like I said, I think the value is great with this pick. Terrell Lewis was a stud at Alabama when he was on the field, albeit he did deal with some injury issues. Um, even with missing some some time, Lewis posted six sacks last season. He doesn't jump off the page statistically, but is a guy that can step in and immediately help get pressure on the quarterback for the Rams. So I have Terrell Lewis here to the Rams. I have the same thing. Oh, need, I love they, it. They need the help. Uh, he, can, he can stand. He can put his hand in the dirt. Uh, he's a little bit of a late bloomer. Um, because the injuries kind of set him back, but he's determined. He says he's he says he's ready to play. He says he's healthy. So I I I believe in him. I got the Rams taking Terrell Lewis fifty two, just like you. I like it now. Now, Bo, you you're gonna love this pick just because you love you, this player. But um, fifty third overall, guys, the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles. I had them selecting Antoine Winfield Jr. Ooh. Um, safety out of Minnesota. So Winfield Jr. in my mock falls all the way to the Eagles. At 53rd overall, um, the Eagles just lost Malcolm Jenkins to the Saints this offseason. Safety isn't the biggest need for the Eagles, but getting Winfield at 53rd overall, that is fantastic value. Um, and his talent should make him hard to pass up. The Eagles are used to having a, a safety net at safety. So, and I think Winfield Jr. can be just that as long as his injuries don't linger. Yeah, and I went with safety as well, um, but I did not. Obviously, I have that's a first rounder for me. Uh, he's my number one safety. Um, but in in the, for the Eagles, I have Ashton Davis as a safety Ooh, going as well. Uh, and 
I think he's Cal, isn't he? Mm-mm. Yes, I, the colors popped into my head immediately, yeah, and got, they have the exact same color. There. No, I was like, no, what? I know. you are completely right. I, <laughs> like, I don't know why I mixed that up so bad. I, I always like, I got Cal cool. written right here. I was like, what do you mean West Virginia? Yeah, my uh, bad. But he's, this guy's a total ball hawk. He's got a knack for creating turnovers. That's what they're missing. Uh, that's what Carson Wentz needs. He needs more opportunities to get down the field and put points up after adding earlier. I had them add Justin Jefferson. So a guy like Ashton Davis who can flip who can flip possession and get Justin Jefferson chances to go downfield and make a play, I think that'd be great for them. I like that, man. Uh, we both have them addressing safety. It's not their biggest need, but I just think it's something they're used to having, and they want a guy in there that they can feel comfortable about. Uh, yeah, I think they they need someone to force turnovers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fifty um, fourth overall, all guys. It, 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 this is a big. I think the Bills are some of the is one of the most the teams that's the most fun to make picks for because this, they're going to be so exciting next year. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it's a lot of fun to pick players for them. This was a lot of fun just for me to imagine uh, here. I, 54th overall, I have the Bills taking Clyde Edwards-Elair, the running back out of LSU. Um, the Bills here land a perfect player to pay at running back with Devin Singletary next season. Um, Edwards-Elair is a downhill runner with some wiggle in his game. He also probably – he's probably the second-best cat pass-catching back in the class. Um, he can be the thunder to Singletary's lightning in the backfield for Josh Allen. So I love this. I love this fit. Yeah, I love Edwards Hilaire. I think he's probably, like I told you before, I believe he's the best uh, receiving back, regardless of the, I know the numbers say that, you know, Swift had more, but I think that that Swift's offense was more focused towards him than, than Edwards Hilaire was. I think Edwards Hilaire is going to offer the most in that uh, in that regard. So I really like that to Buffalo. But Devin Singletary might have something to say about that. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I have Buffalo going uh, with interior defensive help. Uh, I think this is a Sean McDermott pick. I got Raquan Davis coming out of Alabama. I like uh, it. So- Pairing solid. him with that Oliver, man. I mean, come on. Exactly. Solid interior player. Uh, you could, That could hold down the middle for them for years. Uh, he's a solid gap player. He's good against the run. I uh, wouldn't expect him to get up in there and be making Aaron Donald-like sacks, but you're going to have a guy that's going to hold his own in the middle and allow the linebackers to make plays. I like the pick, man. I like the pick. Raquan Davis, I don't even have him, um, I guess, sneak peek. I don't even have him going in the second round. I have him falling yeah. into the third. Uh, but I like that pick. I really do like that pick. And pairing him with a guy like Ed Oliver to get the attention off of him a little bit, I mm-hmm. think that would really be beneficial to him. It would make him make some plays. Um, so I like that a lot. 55th overall, guys, I have the Ravens selecting Matt Hennessy to help out the offensive line. Um, Hennessy is a good fit for the Ravens. He's a solid player with good footwork and technique. Marshall Yonda retired this offseason, and they need a guy that can help alleviate the pain of losing a player of Yonda's caliber. Hennessy is the guy that can be a future cog in the Baltimore offensive line for the future. So I have Matt Hennessy, um, guard from Temple, going to the Ravens. Yeah, well, I, I have guard going as well to the Ravens. Uh, it's it's time to replace Marshall Yonda. Uh, you can pretty much pick uh, – you know, just about any good any good guard and stick it here. Uh, someone that you deem worthy to be a second round player. They need the help. It's definitely going to happen. It's just a matter of when for me when the Ravens do it. Um, but I have them taking Clemson's John Simpson. Oh, I love John Simpson. Man. Yeah, he's a bruiser. Um, he's 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 good off the line of scrimmage. He's got a he's a, he's he's a bruiser when you know, when the ball snaps. He's he's good. He's good off. Yeah, I guess you call that firing off the line. You know, and and. 
he's a guy in the run game is going to be aggressive and help Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram get those tough yards. Uh, he's going to fit right in with the way the Ravens want to play, in my opinion. I like that a whole lot, man. I like it a lot. Um, as if I haven't said that enough for all your picks um, so far today. Um, yeah, I'm trying to just transition between the years. And yeah, yeah, I'm going to try to start doing it. that too so guys don't have to keep listening to me saying, I like the pick. I like it a lot. I mean, it's um, all about what you what you grade these guys. I mean, it's not it. You know, we we can like I like how his picks go, and I like his his reasons. I mean, these guys can all fit in these. A lot of these guys were picking the same position pretty much, just different players. Fifty um, sixth overall, I have the Dolphins selecting a guard as well, Robert Hunt. Um, the Dolphins still need to work on the offensive line after bringing in an offensive tackle earlier in the draft to protect their new quarterback. Hunt has good technique and power in his game and is, and is a solid run blocker as well. That should should help new running back DeAndre Swift. The Dolphins keep adding pieces to the offense to help out Tua with this pick. Yeah, and um, I got a guard as well going. So both of us got back-to-back guards. Uh, but I have Solomon Kenley coming out of Georgia, another Georgia boy going. That's my third Georgia lineman in the first two rounds. I'm sure you'll like to hear that. Uh, but he's just a great. He's great in the run game. You know, possibly the best, possibly the best guard in the run game in this draft. I mean, just pure run offensive lineman. Uh, Solomon Kenley is an absolute bruiser. And so, if I got them taking uh, DeAndre Swift, you know, and 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 taking the load off too, I think he'd be a good fit. I like it, man. You know, I love hearing my Georgia Bulldogs yeah. getting drafted. Um, guys, 57th overall, the Rams. So I had them addressing the edge rusher position um, earlier. I now have them going linebacker with Jordan Brooks, the Texas Tech linebacker. Um, after addressing the edge position, like I said, uh, the Rams are clearly looking to put talent in the middle of the defense. And Brooks has a great resume at Texas Tech. Um, he had 108 tackles and three sacks last year. Um, so Brooks is a solid pick here. The three sacks make it even more worthwhile for the Rams as well since they need help getting to the quarterback, which is why they picked up Terrell Lewis earlier. So um, I, I think that's good value, and it's it's a big need for them. So Jordan Brooks is my pick here. And I got uh, the L.A. Rams going a different route, going on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I believe I have them taking Lucas Niang, offensive tackle out of TCU. Uh, not a lot of people have him going in the, in the second round, but I believe the tackles are a desperate need this year for a lot of teams around the league. Um, he is a three-year starter at Texas, uh, Texas Christian University. Uh, Christian University. Ugh, here I am stumbling over my words. Uh, his season ended with a torn hip labrum last year, but I wouldn't say that that's you know indicative to how his pro career could go. Uh, he's best in the run game, and I believe the Rams have all and McVeigh have always been about having a solid run game. And Andrew Whitworth is getting up there in age, so they need to have a backup plan. So I got Lucas Niang going at fifty-seven. I love it, man. I love it. Fifty-eighth um, overall, Vikings. Um, I had them selecting Curtis Weaver to help out the edge position. Um. It's obvious looking at the roster, they need help at the edge spot. Curtis Weaver is one of my favorite players in this draft class. I don't even know. Me and you have talked about him a little bit, Bo, but but he really is one of my favorite players in the entire draft. Um, guys, it, it, it's a good re- – I have good reasoning behind why he's one of my favorite players, but also why he 
is picked here in the second round. Um, he's posted 33 and a half sacks in three seasons. So, so that's a lot of production. That That's called yeah. good production right there. This guy could be plugged into the Vikings D and immediately help them get pressure on the quarterback. So I love Curtis Weaver. I just love the fit Curtis Weaver to the Vikings. Uh, I think he was just born to play in that defense and in those colors. So that's the pick for me. I like that. And I went with, I went with, uh, I guess, edge or defensive end help, whatever you want to call it. I took up the Vikings taking Julian Okwara. Okwara. Yeah. Okwara from Notre Dame. Two year starter, Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame has been kind of a defensive line factory over the years. They produce good pros. Um, and he's got two year, like I said, two year starter. Notre Dame uh, defensive end is a big deal for me. Big school, big program, keeping your job. 14 sacks over the last two years. Uh, I mean, that's that's good was production for me in college with, uh, was it like 12 games? Uh, so I like that. And you got to develop his moves a little bit, but I think that's what the pro, uh, you know, defensive line assistant coaches for to teach him the moves to get him a more versatile game and i think he's capable of that so i got him going 58 to minnesota i like him man i think i have him more of a third round guy but i like his potential he has a lot of potential like you said he only started two years this guy still has room to get better so so i I like he has numbers he has sacks yeah exactly he already has good numbers so, so I've really liked that pick, and I could see him. My favorite fit for him um, later in the draft would be the Lions picking him up. I think he'd be perfect yeah. in that defense. Um, guys, 59th overall, the Seattle Seahawks. I have them addressing the offensive tackle pos- pos- uh, position yeah, and uh, selecting Lucas Nyang. Mm-hmm. Um, Bo just had this guy being picked earlier. So, guys, Russell Wilson is an elite quarterback in the league. That means he's extremely important. That means you've got to protect him. Niang is a massive human that could start early in the 2020 season, I believe. This all depends on how healthy is he is from the 2019 hip injury. Bo also mentioned that. Um, I, that's, a, that's a big injury. Like, I mean, obviously the biggest hip injury in the draft is Tua, but this is a big hip injury too. Yeah. Um, Niang is a guy that Seahawks could feel good about throwing out there year one if he's healthy to protect Russell Wilson. Um, I think he is healthy, and I think his potential and um, – his um, all-around game is polished enough for the Seahawks to like the uh, like the pick here and like the guy that they're getting at 59. Yeah, and uh, I have uh, the Seahawks going on the opposite side. I got them getting a safety uh, from Southern Illinois. This might be a second-round pick that not a lot of people have either. But oh, my Jeremy- God. What? I, I love this pick. I love this pick. Jeremy Chin. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Chin, dude. Yeah, I'm a I'm a sucker for these small school guys. But this guy, I mean, yeah, small school, but he's big. He's played big. Four year starter. You walk in day one, you're the guy. That says something to me. You, I mean, you've been the man for them since you walked in. You're going to be on this field. You're not going to be denied. He had four picks last year, uh, and that that. That alone says something in 12 games. That is a guy who's making plays on the ball, and that's what Seattle's known for. That's Pete Carroll's way to play, way, way he wants to play defense. So I think Jeremy Chin's a good fit, and he doesn't necessarily have to come in and break the bank right away. He could take a year or two to get it together and, and still make those plays and be a good player and, and make a big name for himself down the line. I like it. Jeremy Chin is one of my favorite players in this draft too, man. Um, he really picked up steam late here. Getting oh, yeah. towards the draft, it, it, it was it was later than a lot of players normally pick up steam. Um, you know, the safety that was a small school guy that everyone was talking about before was um, Kyle Duggar. 
Yeah, Lenore Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, but um, Jeremy Chin's name has just shot up draft boards, and yeah. there's a good reason for it. You check out the tape, you see why. This, oh, yeah. this guy, He's all over the ball. Big guy. This guy's got a good frame to him. Like you said, playmaking. Got a lot of tackles. A lot of tackles. But this guy's gonna, in on the play. Struggle. He's going to struggle to deal with an NFL like a guard, a pulling guard or something that reaches up to him or something like that when you know, he was looking for some work at the next level in the run game or you know in the screen game when he comes down trying to make a play. He's going to get taken on by these NFL linemen. It's going to be tough at first. But like I, like we've said before, once they figure out what their best way of beating that guy, whether it's to go around them or through them, once they figure it out and start making tackles, he, he's going to be a good, a good player in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, man. Um, 60th overall, the Ravens. I had them selecting a wide receiver, LaVisca Chenault, out of Colorado. Um, so imagine, Bo, just hear me out. Imagine pairing a big, strong, and physical receiver that is extremely talented with a speed demon in Hollywood Brown and an offense centered around last year's MVP, Lamar Jackson. Oh, I that, love it. That already sounds too good, right? Already oh, sounds yeah. too good. But that's what I had the Ravens doing here by drafting Chenault. Chenault feels the Ravens' need for an X receiver and is a talented option for Lamar Jackson in the passing game. After taking care of the less exciting needs earlier in the draft, fans should be excited about this pick. LaVisca Chenault to the Baltimore Ravens. I like it. And I've this is it. We're going. I'm going the opposite side of the ball from you again. Uh, I got the Ravens taking help at inside linebacker with Jacob Phillips from LSU. Uh, Phillips is a modern linebacker, modern day NFL. He flies to the football, sideline to sideline player. He's got good hands. Uh, so once again, the sideline to sideline player means that he's tough when he gets it when the lineman gets his hands on him, but. He is good at using his hands to bounce off of linemen. That is something that these with these smaller linebackers do is they they kind of spring off a of lineman with their hands. They get them out in front of them. And they lead that way. And and sometimes you can't teach that. That's an instinctual thing to get your hands out in front and want to get them on people. You know, get your paws on one of those big guys and see what you can do with them. And so, uh, and Jacob Phillips had they had the production to match at LSU, and it's a big program. And I and and you can't you can't not keep that in your mind when you're thinking about a guy like him. So I got them getting some defensive help, uh, keep the points down for Lamar next year. So I got Jacob Phillips. I like it, man. Um, 61st overall for me, the Titans, I had them going offensive line in the first round with the 29th overall pick, selecting Josh Jones. I have them going the opposite direction now, taking Justin Madubuki out of Texas A&M, defensive lineman. Um, the Titans need someone to throw in to help out Jeffrey Simmons on the defensive line, especially after Jarrell Casey left for the uh, Broncos this offseason. Uh, Madubuki is a talented player that is versatile enough to play all over the line even possibly can be thrown out to a defensive end position if need be. Um, that versatility is too good to pass up on, and they are set on the defensive line for the future after this pick. Yeah, and uh, I have Tennessee. At the first round, I had them taking Zach Vaughn to get that edge help. Uh, but this round, I have – this might not be a pick that most people might get in the second round, but uh, – they have a lot of movement going around on their offensive line in Tennessee right now. And I have Auburn tackle Jack Driscoll, who was a transfer from Massachusetts, being taken by Tennessee because they just lost Conklin. And Jack Driscoll played three different positions throughout college on the offensive line. You cannot, you cannot take that for granted in the NFL. Guys, you can plug and play whenever you need them to. That will keep a guy – that will keep a lineman – you know, make him a journeyman in the league for 10 years. If he could play some guard, play some right tackle, play some left tackle, just move around and just being useful. 
And you know, you would say the more useful you are in the NFL, the longer you stay around. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely, man. I love I love the fact that you kind of went out on a limb here with the Jack Driscoll pick because you know a lot of guys don't see him being taken over Prince Tagawanaho. You, you yeah. know, Prince Tega, that, that that's a guy who's so athletic, they think that he's going to be drafted probably higher than he should be just based on the traits. I love the pick with Driscoll, man. I like this guy a lot. I like this film a lot. Like you said, it, it, you don't even understand how valuable that experience is at those three different positions. That is so valuable at the next level. So I love that pick, bro. That 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 just that is now my favorite pick. You've you've uh, the, done. the fact that he could the fact that he could come in as a tackle and get stuck at guard for a for a year and then just become a guard. You know, you're just good enough to do that. You know, I mean, that does say something. And to, and then to leave a small school and then come to Auburn, start and still plug in and help at so many places, eh, that's huge. And I, and I I love I love that ability to to play anything. I mean, you get excited about when you hear guys like like that at camp when you're as a fan. Yeah, I, I like that a lot, man. I, I think the Titans could definitely benefit from a guy like Jack Driscoll on the uh, roster. Um, 62nd overall, I had the Packers going wide receiver in the first round with the 30th overall pick. Um, and I had, you know, I, I did that because the the best way uh, here, I'll just I'll put it like this: How do you keep an aging quarterback playing well? Good you offense. give him a you give him a good offensive line, and you give him talented ball catchers. The Packers are set at offensive line for the most part. And, you know, I had them taking wide receiver T. Higgins in the first round. Now it's time to address tight end, in my opinion. Hmm. They just left, let Jimmy Graham. He just left for the Bears. I have them selecting Adam Trotman out of Dayton. Trotman is a talented tight end from the small school, um, the small school category. Um, he's still a little bit raw, but his potential is what the Packers like as they make this pick. Um He's the number one tight end on a lot of boards. It's either, it's either usually him or Cole Komet. Um, I just think Troutman, he, he, he's raw, and he hasn't you know reached his ce- – they don't know what his ceiling's like, but they think it's high. I think that's what wants, makes the Packers want to take a chance on him, and I think he would fit in perfectly into this offense, An- man. Another guy is going to come in with a chip on his shoulder because yeah. this is – we've heard nothing but crap about how bad this – uh, tight end classes, so they're he's gonna come in mad, uh, you know, a little little ticked off as well. And, and another thing, another thing is, I, I think the Packers they they showed that they last offseason they wanted to they they put a lot of work into that defense. They yeah. really did. So I, I think you know they put they they picked Rashawn Gary last year early. I think this time they give Rodgers two guys in the first two rounds. They get he they give him two guys that can, that can keep him playing longer and and give him some more talented options. And uh, I have Green Bay taking Lavishka Sanault from Colorado. Um, I think he's he kind of he kind of reminds me of Devontae Adams. Uh, he's a big guy; he can do it all. He makes he can he can run after the catch. Uh, he runs good routes. He's got good hands. Uh, some funky injuries have plagued him a little bit. I think you could say the same about Devontae. Monte Adams, some weird toe injuries and stuff here and there. It bothered him some over the years. And I don't know if we've seen Devonta Adams' absolute full top potential been hit yet, no matter, even, even with how good he is. And I think that's the same with LaVishka Sinault. He has so many good traits that I think he just needs – he needs to go somewhere where he can take it to the next level. And I think Green Bay would be a place – and they've struggled to find the number – the dominant number two. Imagine, imagine that one, too. Oh, man. 
Like Maybe. I said, I mean, that's how I had T. Higgins going in the first round. I mean, if you can get a solid number two option mm. across from Devontae Adams, oh, man. Imagine you, waiting nope. 30 picks and getting LaVishka Chenault. I mean, it's not oh. a bad set. It's not, it's not, that's not bad if you get, you know, if you had T. Higgins in the first. I mean, that's, I mean, that's that, good that's, value, I think. It's unreal. It's unreal, man. Um, I, I think either one of those guys would fit perfectly and, and would immediately alleviate some of the uh, – the looks that um, Devontae Adams is getting. Because, like I said, man, the way to shut down the Packers is they they just double Adams. Mm-hmm. They, that's what they do. That's what the 49ers Why do you think Aaron did. Jones had so many catches this Exactly. Year? That's what I'm saying. And you, they need help. You, it's just obvious they need a second guy in there. Um, anyways, guys, 63rd overall, the Kansas City Chiefs. I have them selecting a safety, and they go the direction of Jeremy Chin. Um, the Chiefs have such an explosive offense that they just kind of outscore teams, if we're being honest. They don't put a, and it doesn't put a lot of stress on the defense. I'm not saying the defense doesn't have to play well, but I'm saying at, out of any team in the NFL, the defense that's under the least amount of stress to stop the other team is probably the Chiefs defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just being honest because they're, they're going to outscore the other team. It, it just yeah. doesn't matter. So, so I mean, I mean, let's look at how fast. Look, look at the Super Bowl, Bo. The Chiefs came back in no time. It's just not even – and look how good that defense was they were playing against. But uh, the defense needs work. Um, they, they they addressed it by drafting A.J. Terrell in the first round of my mock draft. Um, they go secondary again here by drafting Chin. Uh, Jeremy Chin is a, is, a, is a safety that will provide help in the box against the run and in coverage. Um, pairing Chin with Tyron Matthew, is, it's just a winning formula for the reigning Super Bowl champs. And Chin, it's, it's almost – he has the ability to almost come down – um, in some packages and act as a as a linebacker. Th- that's how this guy is built. He, he's a big bodied safety, um, and, and I think putting him next to a guy like Tyron Matthew, like a ball hawking guy like Tyron Matthew, you have both those guys back there. I mean, come on, Bo. Yeah, be great. I could definitely see that happening uh, for sure. And well, I have them going a different route once again. Um, I got J.K. Dobbins uh, going to the Kansas City Chiefs at sixty three. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs backfield has been a bit of a revolving door. Uh, the obviously Shady's out the door. Shady's not playing there anymore. It's been a bunch of guys they can with Damian Williams, uh, Darwin Thompson. I think. I mean, a bunch of guys that kind of no names that come out and make plays. But I think J.K. Dobbins could bring that stability to their backfield. Give he could give you a dynamic backfield, a guy that can catch passes and run the ball. You know, with the workload, I think he just ran for two thousand yards last year at uh, Ohio State. Was like one of three guys last year to do it, uh, yeah. and that's pretty impressive. And I think he's a good blocker. He lays the wood when he blocks. He's willing to do it. And Pat Mahomes needs a good guy in pass protection. I think that they've struggled to find a good running back in pass pro over the years to help down there since Kareem Hunt's been gone. And so I think he could really help with that too. He I can like contribute that. on any down. I like that. I think that um, J.K. Dobbins, the only – so here's my reasoning I didn't have them going running back. It was solely because we just saw what they won the Super Bowl without at running back. And, again, not any saying any disrespect to Damian Williams, but he was undrafted. You know what I'm saying? And I think the Chiefs are one of the teams that just pretty much came out and showed the league, like, stop drafting these guys high. Yeah. Stops giving these guys huge contracts. But then again, J.K. Dobbins is a guy that has the talent. Um, and, and this guy's been in a committee. Last year was his first year, this guy, that really had the whole load on him. The year before, he was sharing the ball with Mike Weber. And Mike Weber got the most of those carries. So I, I think J.K. Dobbins is good. I mean, 
I think, incredibly good value here at the uh, 63rd overall pick. So I like the pick. I do like the pick. Um, and I think if you could, if you see what the Chiefs did with some undrafted running with, uh, with an undrafted running back, just wait till you see what these guys do with J.K. Dobbins. Exactly. Um, 64th overall pick, the and the last pick for the uh, TSR second round mock draft. Um, I have the Seahawks taking wide receiver K.J. Hamler out of Penn State. Um, with the you know the Seattle, I, I they, okay. I, I've already been big on their offense, right, Bo? You already yeah. knew they're my Super Bowl pick um, for this coming season. Imagine this. Russell Wilson at quarterback, Chris Carson at running back, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, KJ Hamler in the slot, and then Greg Olson. I mean, come on. Yeah, it'll be dude, it'll be deadly. Uh, and you know, like I said, Hamler projects as a slot receiver in the NFL. Um, it's perfect for Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. He would I, tear I, it up. Uh, uh, he would tear it up. He would absolutely tear it up. Um, like I said, the Seahawks are my Super Bowl pick for this coming season. I think KJ Hamler helps them win win it for me. So um, that's my pick, Bo. What's your last pick of the second round? Uh, I got the Seattle Seahawks getting some depth on their offensive line to help keep Russell Wilson upright this year. Uh, and this is one of my favorite players in the draft. This might be another pick for me that I just I love this guy. I think he's got he's aggressive, good in pass pro, good punch. Uh, he's a good effort in the run game, even though his footwork isn't the best. He's still out there giving it. He's He's, if he gets his hands on you, you have no chance. He's, he's definitely giving his all out there. He's not a lazy run blocker. I got Shane Lemieux out of Oregon. I think I've talked to you about him a few times. Absolutely, man. I, yeah. I like that. I like that pick. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's already that West Coast guy. Uh, the Seahawks are probably eyeball that Oregon program all the time. Uh, so he's out that way. There's no way they're, they don't have eyes on him. Um, and so I could definitely see them, help, you know, getting some guard depth. They just signed BJ Finney from the Steelers, but BJ Finney could end up playing center for them too. He does both, and uh, he's not a sure, he's not the sure starting guard. And to have some competition to go along with him would be a good idea. Yeah, man. I honestly thought you were going to say another guy from Oregon, uh, Calvin Throckmorton. That's who I thought you were going to say. But I like really? the Shane Lemieux. Lemieux. I like that pick a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like I said, I get that's why I took offensive line earlier for Russell Wilson. This guy's important. You got to keep this guy upright. That's what you got to do for your quarterbacks, um, especially the ones that you pay the big bucks, guys. But um, anyways, guys, that concludes the second round mock draft for TSR. You have heard Bo and myself's um, picks. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the mock drafts. The last two, like I said, if you missed out on the first round mock draft, please go listen to the last episode. That would be episode 16 of the TSR podcast. I also put out my full first round uh, mock draft on Twitter at Scouting LLC. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and give you my plug. Find me on Twitter at Scouting LLC and on Instagram at Scouting underscore LLC. I'm right now running a promotion on my Instagram for a very talented football player, Christian Berry, uh, who played at the University of Akron. So please go check out his page. Give him some likes, um, guys. And as always, Bo, go ahead and give them your plugs. So they know where to find you, my friend. Yes, uh, my you can find me on Twitter at capital T S R lowercase b a u. It's at T S R Bo. Uh, just usually tweeting about football. I post some articles I write for the Steel Curtain or Still Curtain uh, on a on the fan sided network. Uh, I post my articles from there, or you can find it on the app. They have an app for the Steel Curtain and fan sided, uh, so you can find me on either one of those. 
All right, guys. And as I said about Instagram, give us some uh, follows on Instagram because we are right at 400 followers. And I want to hit 400. It'd be amazing if we hit it by uh, Thursday at the draft. But I'm not asking for that. Uh, just give us some follows, guys. Give us some um, some uh, respect on Instagram. Also, guys, I said that I was going to have a little competition here for Bo. So, Bo, you don't even know about this yet. This is oh, what we're going to do, okay? You know we keep it competitive here at TSR. So, with the first round mock draft, or just the, the mock draft overall, and the, and the two rounds, we have a full two-round mock draft at this point, uh, me and you both. So, what we're going to do is, if, if we get on Thursday and through the weekend, or through the first two rounds, if we get the player and the team right, okay? So, for instance, say I get Joe Burrow to the Cincinnati Bengals right, right? That's one point. But if we get them right at the, at the um, position in the draft, so my, what I'm saying is, say I have Tua going to the Dolphins at three, you have Tua going to the Dolphins at five, right? Yeah. Since he landed with the teams that we said he would, that's one point. But say the Dolphins moved up to three, got him at three, that's two points for me. Okay. That's okay. two additional points, or it's a one more additional no, it's, point? It's just one more additional point. That's two okay. points if you get it in the right spot and the right team. If okay. you just get it with the right team at some other point in the draft and you get the fit correct, that's one point. And I want to see how many points, who has the most points after the first two rounds. All right. Sounds good to me. Sounds good. good. Good way to make it fun and competitive. Yeah. Um, guys, we will update you on what happens with that. Once again, please give me all the follows that you can because I'm trying to beat Bo in the race to 1,000 Twitter followers. You're currently losing. Currently losing, but, you know, Bo schemes his way into stuff. So Not this time. Anyway, anyways, guys, thank you all for listening. I hope you all had fun and get ready for Thursday night. Peace out, guys. You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in This is the TSR pop where all we do is win It's just football fiends on a mission Delivering opinions of mass significance Man, I hope you've been listening Scouting is the business you welcome Cause it's a privilege Most people in this position just don't give it away, no All that's left to say now is welcome to the show Cause you know Jacob and Ball, we're ready, so let's go well, I